Hi guys, and welcome to season two of the Mixtape Podcast. I will be your host, Dean Stark, and I will be joined by one of my favorite people on the planet, Marcelo Inostroza. Today, we have chosen to review 1973's The Exorcist, directed by William Friedkin, written for the screen by William Peter Blatty based on his 1971 novel. And I just want to give a shout out to everybody that tuned in to season one of our podcast. Thank you so much. We so appreciate every single one of you that has listened and enjoyed, and we hope that you will enjoy season two with us. Now, The Exorcist, Marcelo, you chose The Exorcist. Tell me why you chose this specific movie. Uh, first, hi everyone. Um, I just like to echo Dean's sentiments. Thank you so much for an amazing first season, and I hope that you enjoy the films that we discuss here in season two. The reason why I chose The Exorcist is quite simple because I've never seen it before, and it, it and it's one of those pop culture movies where I would go around in my life, I would go around in life, and I would hear these quotes from this movie, but I, but I, I, I was never able to place it, and. I, you know, I said, what the hell? I have a, I have a podcast that's hosted by, uh, that's co-hosted by a, uh, a horror writer freak. And, um, I, I decided why not just, I, I wanted to cross, I wanted to cross the exorcist off my list of, uh, of, of, uh, of movies that I haven't seen before. Yeah, it really, it was really strange when you said you hadn't seen it before. I was like, what? But you're not a horror guy. So I kind of let that slide. Okay, let's get into it. A young girl displays bizarre behavior after playing with a Ouija board. Her mother consults two priests who conclude the girl is possessed by a demonic entity. Okay, so... I adore the opening scenes, not just the opening scene. There's a couple of scenes that go with it because I totally forgotten that this movie starts out on a dig in Iraq. And I was like, oh, okay. And it starts with this really beautiful, like Muslim hymn. And when I was in Turkey, pretty much most places that you go, they have Muslim hymns playing. And it's just, I have no friggin' idea what they're saying, but it's really quite meditative. It's kind of just puts you in just like a relaxed mood. And I totally forgotten that this was the start of the movie. So we hear this beautiful Muslim hymn. We're in Northern Iraq and we're at a dig site and there's hundreds of people digging a young boy. We see a young boy and he runs up to the archeologist um, and says, Hey, we found something. So the archeologist like goes to where the boy says it is. He picks up like it kind of looks like a stone head, like a stone carving of what looks like a, a demon's head, but you don't quite know what it is yet. So after he finds that, there's there's not much like dialogue in it. He can't, He's kind of wandering through the streets of Iraq and he's kind of dazed and he's got these little pills that he takes, but we don't know what it is it, he could have he could have cancer pockets like we it's never really said what he has or what the pills are really for which is a plot point that i'll get to um so he's kind of wandering around in a dazed state for the next few scenes he's just wandering through the city and then he goes back to the dig and he he kind of i think it's like behind the dig so it's like in a different spot and he climbs up this little like small hill and on the hill he comes face to face with like a life-sized ancient stone carving of like a winged demon. 
um, that kind of looks like the smaller version of what he found. And the shot is just him just locking eyes with this stoned, stoned, <laughs> it could have been stoned, this, this stone demon. Um, and then we kind of cross to Georgetown, Washington. So what are your thoughts on the opening scene of this film? I love how this film opens up on a dig in Israel with the traditional prayer hymn. It's the prim that you hear in all modern media when they want to take us to Israel. It's the same one. Um, it, basically, I, I don't know its direct translation, but it basically says, in God we trust or in Allah we trust. Um, that's, what, that's what it basically says. I really like that this opening scene, for some reason, I, I think does a really good job at introducing the world that we're in. And I love how William Freakin, that's the director of the film, he takes his time in choosing his shots. His his camera movements are very, very deliberate. It's like he is walking down the street very, very slowly with the camera as we see the opening shots of this film. And as we follow this priest around, I like the fact that there's very, very, very little dialogue said. And like you mentioned, this priest takes some pills, but those pills aren't really explained for the most part. And I also thought that this priest was like on like a on like a, uh, 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 you know, uh, a mission to find answers or to find faith or something because this priest looks very, very, very near to death. Like he just see, he just looks so un, he looks so feeble and so not healthy that it's ridiculous. Like I thought he was going to get possessed by the, the main demon that we were going to follow throughout the course of this movie. But I'm very, very happy that that didn't happen. And, you know, you know, when we leave Iraq, we're, you know, you know, we're, we are presented with another character, another priest character, and we see a peek into his life and we see, you know, some of the people that are in his life, like his, like his mother, uh, how enfeeble she is and this and that. And it's the third scene where we really, uh, get introduced to the family that we're going to be following for the most part for the large part of this film. And again, I really like the speed that this movie moved at because today's movies don't move like this movie does. This movie takes its time. It's very methodical and it's very patient. With that being said, I, but with that being said, at the end of this movie, I was like, if this movie was like 96 minutes, I think it would have been much better. But, with that being said, I really, really enjoy the speed of this movie, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, look, it could it have been shorter? Yes. But what I really, really love is when writers of source material write the screenplays for the movie based on their source material, because that's why it's so long. It's like, you know, when Anne Rice wrote Interview with the Vampire, it's always going to be at a higher level because they are the creators of the original material. Now, if somebody else had written this movie, they would have cut a lot of shit out. They would have put more of the demonic stuff in. They would have taken more of the shit out. Um, but the fact that he wrote it, 
I appreciate. Is it a bit too long? Yes. But does it mirror his book perfectly? Yeah. I mean, I've never read the book, but I'm assuming because he wrote the book as well, but it could have been a little bit shorter and there's a lot of stuff that didn't really need to be in it. But I do appreciate that, that everything that the writer of the book wanted to put in, he actually, he actually did put in. So anyway, uh, now we're in, uh, Washington, they see George, Georgetown and we kind of zoom into a small apartment and there's a woman lying in bed and she hears noises coming from the at like scratching noises and that it's at night she's like oh what's this so she gets up and she goes and checks on her daughter which is Reagan um no problems daughter's sleeping totally fine um and then she's like wow what the fuck she kind of looks up at the attic she's like the fuck were these scratching noises so the next day she tells like the maintenance guy or like her butler because she's rich um you know there's rats in the attic and he's like there's no rats she's like no no i heard scratching there's rats in the attic so what i wanted to ask was at that if that was you if you were in her position would you think it's rats would you think it's some kind of animal and would you go to investigate or would you just be like uh i'm just gonna let someone else do that no actually i would actually just you know you know cough it up to me hearing things because unless i see an animal or something i would just assume it's an old house and it creaks i wouldn't necessarily automatically go for rats um, so, so, yeah. so, so that's what I would do. Also, I want to point out that I had no idea that the writer of the book actually wrote the screenplay to this movie. So with you saying that now it makes a lot more sense as to the pace of this mm. film and why it was structured the way it was. So, uh, moving on, the next scene is we find out that the mother um, who was the woman in the beginning on the bed when she went to, went to check on Reagan. She's an actress and she's on set and she's talking to the director. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll find this funny because I think you thought what I thought probably. So she's got the script and she's talking to the director. She's like, well, why does she have to do this? And why is this in the scene? And I'm like, you just, hmm. <laughs> and the director goes, do you want to talk to the writer? Because he's in Paris. You want to go to him ask him why he wrote that, right? She's like, oh, no, 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 I'll just do it. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, stop. It's your Listen, stop. I, can I just tell you something? Being a screenwriter, if I was on set and, a, and an actor came up to me and was questioning, not, not questioning as in like, oh, I need to know more about my character. That's, that's a different thing. But they're questioning why this, why that. I would be, I would fucking love that. I would fucking love that. I would love a fucking actor, a fucking pompous, up their own ass actor to come up to me and to question what I wrote in the script. I would have such delight at that because in my head, I'm like, it's written. You have a job. We're paying you to do a job. I mean, it's like working at a cafe and you're questioning, why are we using this coffee? Why are we using this coffee machine? Why are we doing this? Like, I don't know. It just, actors just fucking irk the shit out of me. (laughs) So that's what I thought in that scene. And you wonder why I hate actors for the most part. <laughs> Look, they're not all like that, but I know that a lot of them are like that. And like and like I said, if they're asking to to further deepen their connection to their character, totally fine. But when they're questioning, "Oh, should we do this and maybe we should change this and maybe we should change that." It's like, "Mate, do I tell you how to do your job? Do I tell you how to say dialogue?" No. 
So anyway, I was just like, oh God. So when she's, so she starts filming some random scene in front of a cathedral and there's a priest that's in the crowd that's kind of like, oh, what's going on? He kind of watches for a minute and he's, he's going to be like one of the main characters in the movie. So that's, I kind of have an issue with that's his introduction because it just seems really flimsy and it feels like why would a priest care all, that something's being filmed? First of all, he's not in the crowd. He was he was behind the crowd. He's he, he No, well he was watching. Right, 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 right. He was he was in the crowd watching, right, right, not right, in the right, movie. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. He was in the crowd watching. Right. And then he turns and he walks away. No, I thought you And so I just thought that that was really flimsy. Yeah, you know, I thought first of all, first of all, to be honest, I really thought this film had a had a, had a focus problem. Because cause the film starts, we're... Yes. Okay, check this out. The film starts, we're following this guy. We're, we're following this old man mm. in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Then we move to, you know, modern day, and we're following this actress who who is a pompous fucking, you know, with a stick-up our act- actress, you know, questioning lines that mm. the writer has written. Which is not good. Yeah. Um, no. And you know, and then and then we get introduced to a, a priest in the background, and we follow him around for a little bit. I really wish that this movie had more focus. If you wanted to use the, if you wanted to use the younger priest and the older priest, why not have the younger priest with the older priest in Israel at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, I agree. And by the way, it's Iraq, not Israel. Um, <laughs> just, just, just there's there's a difference. Um, politically, there's a difference. So if anybody listens to this, they're going to be like, it's not fucking Israel, it's Iraq. It's Iraq, Iraq, Iraq. It's Iraq. All right. Okay. But I agree with you. Yeah. Um, no, I, no, I, I just, no, no, I just think that, I just think that that would have been more efficient from a writing perspective to give us the two characters that we're going to follow for the most part in this film instead of waiting three goddamn film three goddamn scenes to introduce the family that we're going to be following yeah i i i agree and also the mum being an actress has nothing to do with anything no of course not it it's it's just i don't it doesn't have yeah it has nothing to do with anything i mean there's only one scene where she's filming a scene that actually shows her being an actress. Everything there's no we don't go back to it at all. So that that actual scene kind of didn't need to be in there because it didn't say anything about anything because her being an actress didn't have anything to do with any kind of storyline. No. So that was kind of pointless. No, and the other thing, look, look, the other thing that you could have done to really, really drive the point home about Catholic guilt is have her work at the church. Right. So. Oh yeah. Oh, that would have been good. So connect everybody. Have the have the have the younger priest with the older priest, and have the mother work at the church. And if you still wanted to do the actor angle, you could have her reading lines for a potential role in her break time. Yeah, that's actually quite good. They should have, they, they hundred percent should have done that, but that's a really good idea, but that wasn't what happened, but that, that's it. That's a good idea. So the next scene is also kind of pointless. Um, 
she's finished for the day filming and she's walking home and then she walks past like a church and she sees the same priest that was in the crowd. Now she didn't see him standing in the crowd. We saw him. She didn't see him. So she walked past a church and she sees him kind of having like a heated argument with someone. Um, and that's it. That's, that's it. And then the only thing I like about that scene because nothing happened. And then she just like fucking went home was like, cue the iconic exorcist music which I don't know why they put it there. <laughs> it was such a weird spot to put really fucking spooky, iconic exorcist theme. Um, but yeah, I thought that scene was pointless as well. The next scene is actually has a point to it because the mum is at home and it's showing the relationship she has with her daughter, Reagan, and it's loving and it's close. And, and it's just, it's one of those mother daughter relationships where they kind of share everything. And it's really, it, it's a nice scene to watch. So that that actually had a, a purpose to it. You know, as much as I've been complaining about how this film isn't properly focused, I really like that in that particular scene after the mother walks home from seeing the younger priest arguing with somebody on the church steps, I really like that the writer, the, the screenplay writer of this film really took the time to show us that the mother had um, the mother has a loving relationship with Reagan, and they have a kind relationship, and they had that closeness. They had that closeness because if the writer didn't do that, when all the crazy shit happens with Reagan, we wouldn't care. So it was very important for the writer to make the audience care. So when crazy shit starts happening we care for Reagan's survival. And we also sympathize with the mother's plight about what is happening to yes. her daughter later on. So that is good screenplay writing 101. Yeah. And we can also see how just Reagan is just a regular 14 year old kid. Like, and she's really, she's really quite just nice and innocent. So when she changes, it's a huge fucking change. The next scene is we follow the priest who we saw in the audience and that she walked randomly past the church and he's standing there. We follow him and he's in a shitty neighborhood. He walks into a shitty apartment and we find out his mom lives there. Um, but what we do get out of that scene is we see how loving and caring he is towards his mom. He's bandaging his mum's leg because his mum's kind of cut her leg or had a fall. And he's begging her, please, mum, move out of this apartment. I want a better life for you. She's like, I've been here for fucking 40 years. I'm not going anywhere. And he's like, oh, it's just, you can see how much he loves his mum and just wants a better life for her. So in terms of getting to know him, it is a good scene. But I feel like all the scenes with him could have been done better there's just so many there's just, there's so many scenes with him that can be condensed and so many scenes that like don't need to be in there yeah or you know what i would have i would have said mm. i would have said screw that i would have I, I would have put a a piece of exposition at the beginning of the film it quickly oh. quick quick quickly explaining uh, a little bit about his backstory introducing the possibility of the mother and then instead of mm. him going to his mother's old dilapidated apartment, I would have had that apartment be his apartment. And then I would have had him have like a quick dream. And the dream that he would have had is the scene that we saw 
but that dream would have been heightened by seeing his mother die in some in some horrific way. So I would have I would have hit the same mm. the same narrative notes, but I would have done it a little mm. bit more concise and a little bit more mm -hmm. and and, uh, and and much faster. Yes, yes. No, I agree with I agree with what you're saying. I probably would have done the same thing. Um, but yeah, it was just he, his his story was yeah. I mean, you're right. This movie has a focus problem because his story isn't properly weaved into Reagan's story until like the final act. So it's just kind of some random priest we're following, but we don't know why until like the end. So I can't. They didn't. I, I don't think they like weaved it in properly. I don't know what the book is like, but yeah, the just it, it, that kind of didn't work for me. So the next scene. <laughs> The next scene is mum and Reagan are in the basement and mum pulls out a Ouija board. Oh, what's this? And they play with it and it's fun and they're calling forth some spirit called Captain Howdy and all that jazz and, you know, that's, I mean, look, <laughs> look. Uh, it's more bonding between mum and Reagan but, you know, if the mum didn't know it, she's she's why this happened. This is why the whole fucking thing happened because she goes, oh, Ouija board, what's this? How fun. <laughs> like, oh, fun, is it? Yeah, call force fucking random spirits. Like this is, I don't know. I feel like because that was never brought up again. Somebody should have brought up because no, because, okay, the, the one issue I have with this movie is like they don't know what's going on and they never found out what's going on. And I'm like, What? Because according to the fucking IMDb thing that I read out, that I fucking read out in the beginning of this podcast, it was they play with a Ouija board and that's what sets it off. But the thing is, when they actually played with the Ouija board, nothing happened. Usually in a movie, when people fuck around with Ouija boards, something happens and they get scared and they're like, oh no, I don't want to do this anymore. And you're like, oh, okay. So that's like the inciting incident. But with this, nothing happened. And so it's really difficult for people to go, okay, where did this demonic being come from? Because that Ouija board scene was so quick and so lighthearted. It's, but that's what fucking IMDb says. It says it's from the Ouija board. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm confused. Are you confused? Like I'm confused. Did it come from the Ouija board? Because that wasn't really set up in the movie. No, it wasn't set up at all. And I'll do you one better. Forget the Ouija board. Mm. And make the right. and, and make the inciting incident of the entire movie, the old priest digging up the 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 uh, I know. the uh, I know. the the stone thing in in Iraq. Have that be the inciting incident, and the way you do that is you have the old priest with the young priest come home and have a church service, and in that church service you have the mother and you have Reagan. And you have them come to the chambers of the two priests at the end of the the service, and then Reagan is sort of playing around, uh, you know, in in the in the priest's office. She touched the 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 uh, the stone thing, and that's when that's when it happens. Forget the Ouija board. Forget that. Oh my God! You should you should you should rewrite. The Exorcist. Because, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Because, spoiler alert, the beginning scene with the priest that finds the demon amulet or whatever it is and the demon stoats that, that never comes back. Ever. 
So <laughs> there's no point to it. But what you're saying is, yeah, that should have been the inciting incident because that doesn't make fucking sense because you don't actually like, okay, so the archaeologist in the beginning is a priest. We find that out later. He's the one that comes in and like does the exorcism, but we only see him like the last 20 minutes of the movie. So he has no connection to Reagan at all. He's not seen her. He's not talked to her. He doesn't know about her. So I don't, what is the point? Like, what's the point of the opening scene? Do you know? No, but the thing that, no, there is no point in the connecting. There is no point in I mean, I mean, there is a point to, to to these scenes, but the problem that the author who wrote this movie he he forgot that in storytelling, it is key to connect all your principal characters. If you connect them all, and if you make them go on the journey together, the audience will care about them more, and the story will make more sense. Yes, there should have been a connection between his archaeological dig and Reagan. Yeah. There should have been a fucking big con- because we don't know why she was possessed. We don't know why she was picked. We don't know where the fucking demon come from came from. It cannot it can't it can't have come from the Ouija board because nothing actually happened in that scene. So that's it like a huge plot point for for me and obviously for you and for anybody that has a fucking brain that watches that movie because like there's just so many unanswered questions anyway let's move on from that no and I, no and I, so, no 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 i just want to say like like i think i think normal i i think normie people who watch this movie and don't necessarily think about structure like we do will just let it go but the the fact is that mm. we're we're writers so when yeah. we talk about film, we we look at it from a point of structure and context, and we need everything to match up. Because if it doesn't match up mm. to us, that doesn't constitute a good story. But just because we think yeah. like that doesn't mean that you are going to think like that when you watch this movie. Yeah, most people don't. Most people just... And to be honest... Uh, The amount of times I've actually seen The Exorcist, I never actually put together until now, huh, there's plot points, there's plot holes. (laughs) Like, it's only because I've turned my brain on and I'm like, oh, that's that's a huge plot hole. Uh, So next we go to the priest and he's at a bar and he's talking to uh, the archaeological, archaeological, the archaeologist from the first scene. We find out now that he's a priest. His name is Father Merrin, and he's basically just having a conversation with Father Merrin about, you know, he's lost his faith and he doesn't know if he can kind of do it anymore. Uh, I, I actually didn't realize that in that scene it was the same guy from the beginning. Because there was no, they should have had a conversation. So how did your dig go? Do you know what I mean? To bring the audience up to speed, because I actually wasn't aware until later. I was like, oh, that's the guy. That's the same guy. It's like, is he a priest or is he an archaeologist? That wasn't actually said at all. Like was, but maybe I missed something. Was that said that like he's a pre, he's an archaeological digging priest? No, no. Was that actually mentioned? No, that wasn't mentioned at all. And if yeah, it should have been. <laughs> if you wanted to do that, you could have. I I mean I I don't want to keep 
rewriting this movie, but I feel I have to at this point. You could have done you you could have done that in the beginning scene if you had younger priest there if you had the little statue there you could have put in a line that says oh he's on a sabbatical from the church and he's actually trying to he he's actually trying to get over an illness or something like like you, you could have you could have had him recovering from cancer that would explain why he looks so unfeeble that would explain why he's taking the pills and you could also you could you could also drop a line in the beginning of the film that before he became a priest, he was thinking about doing archaeology. Again, good point. You probably should have written the movie because you're making great points. And it is. It should have been put in there. Uh, but again, normie people will not realize this. It's only us that realize this shit. So after that... Uh, the, the, we go back to the house, back, back where like Reagan and her mom is and her mom wakes up in bed and Reagan is, is sleeping next to her. And she's like, why are you in my bed? And Reagan goes, my bed was shaking. I couldn't sleep. And her mom goes, oh, okay. What do you mean? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Look, I'm not a parent, but if my kid was like, my bed was shaking, I'd be like, let's go have a look, see what's going on. <laughs> like she just left it. Oh, cool. Your bed's shaking. I think she just thought, oh, it's just her imagination. She just wanted to come. Yeah. Well, it wasn't her imagination, mom. It wasn't because shit's about to go down. So I just thought that that was such a stupid scene. It's like my bed's shaking and, and the audience knows shit's about to go down, but the mother is like, has no fucking clue. Um, I thought the next scene was quite funny when she, the mum he's scratching in the attic again. And she's like, she's basically like, okay, fuck this. I'm going to go up and investigate what the hell. So she goes up and she's got like a candle and she's looking and there's traps. So like the maintenance guys like put set traps everywhere for the rats. And they're, they're still like, there's no rats. The cheese is still there. The trap is not, has not gone off or anything. And she's like, what the fuck? I like this scene because she turns around and because it's all dark except for her candle, the maintenance guy comes up the stairs and she doesn't notice him and it scares the shit out of her. <laughs> but I like what he says. She, he looks at her and he goes, see, no rats. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was really funny. He's like, see, no rats. But like, and the audience is like, wait a minute. But this, because we've heard the scratching, the audience has heard the scratching. So it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If there's no rats, Where's the scratching coming from? But I do need to bring up, I don't understand what the scratching in the attic has to do with anything. Is the, Does the demon live there? Um, is Does something reside there? Because once Reagan is like, spoiler alert, Reagan gets possessed. Once she gets possessed, there's no more scratching. So I don't, do you know what the scratching kind of was? Or was it just something that they just put in there to be spooky? No, I think the writer put it in there to be spooky. And if you wanted, if you wanted the scratching to be a plot point in this film, in my version of this film, when Regan goes into the priest's office and gets possessed by the demon for the first time, she takes the amulet, she goes home, and she actually has this thing about safe spaces, and she has a she she has a thing about safe spaces. So she likes to go. And play pretend in the attic. So after she comes home, I would have her go up into the attic, leave the leave the 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 statue in there, and that would explain the scratching in uh, that that would that would explain the scratching in the attic because the demon 
subsided in the statue. So that would explain the scratching. Oh, Marcella, you're just rewriting Exorcist to a degree that I can't even fucking handle. Ugh. Like, I want to see it. <laughs> but yeah, I see I, it. But, but, I want to see what you fucking say. Yeah, but again, but again, no disrespect to the author who adapted no, his work. No. I, 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 mm. I, I want to make that terribly clear. I just think mm. that he sort of did all these things without thinking about how it was going to match up. And, th- yes, and, yes. and, and that's the problem with getting, have having authors adapt their own work. If you're not a screenwriter, if you, if the author isn't a screenplay writer on the side, I'm very, very nervous when right when, when authors think that they can write screenplays because it's because writing a book, yeah, it's totally different. Writing a book like Dean just said, it's completely different than writing a screenplay. Yeah, I look, that that does scare me as well. 95% of the time, it I I'm pretty sure they they have help. Um, but 90 again, 95% of the time, they actually pull it off. It's just sometimes like in this instance where it's not really gelling. Um, but most of the time they can do it because, yeah, it's a different format. And I'm like, man, you think you can write a screenplay because you write a book? But they would have definitely had people like either sitting there and actually writing it and they tell them what to write, which is probably what happens because there's no way that they could just teach themselves how to write a screenplay within like a month and, oh, cool, I can just do it. No, they would have help. It wouldn't just be it wouldn't just be them. Like when people like when people write books for the first time, um, and they don't really know like the format or whatever. They usually have someone come in to to help them format it and 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 all that. That's what I think. I don't think they just go from book writing to screenwriting. I think they have help. Um, yeah. Do you think they have help, or you think they just do it? I would imagine that this author had help in how to properly format a screenplay, but I don't think that he had help in. Mm in actually when it came down to story logic and story pace i don't think that was it i think someone just showed up to sort of tell him the basics of screenplay format and then left him to and then left him to his own devices yeah probably that's more likely what happened so anyway moving on pressing on uh the next scene is we're with the priest at the hospital um, and his mum has had an accident and it's just, I look, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a hospital look like, I don't know what hospitals were like in the 1970s, but that was a horrible hospital. Like he literally walked into like a dorm like room where there's like crazy people like wandering around, like trying to get at him. Like, you know, his mum obviously had something like, I don't know, had something wrong with, with her head or something. Like she wasn't crazy, but the place that she was in was just like fucking like it, it, it was horrible, but again, like it didn't need to be in the script. It was just a scene that could have been cut out, but it, it was, it wasn't. So, what do you do? You, do you think that, or do you feel like it propelled the story? No, that scene was completely unnecessary. Totally um, unnecessary. Because when somebody has an accident, they don't take them to an insane asylum. And, th- yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> maybe in the seventies they did. Who knows? And that's what it felt like to me. Like, like. Again, I yeah. again, I 
I really want I really really want to drive the point here. I want to drive the point home that I'm not intentionally rewriting The Exorcist, but since I've already done that to a point, how about this? Mm. Instead of doing that, why don't you introduce the old priest from the beginning of the movie and do some backstory with him? So when he shows up at the end of the movie, it it'll make more sense, right? Like you like 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 make up a reason for the younger priest to be there that is not that has nothing to do with his mother because in my version of this movie, his mother died years ago. If you want it, if if, <laughs> if you want it, look, look. If if you want to have him in a in 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 a insane asylum, great. Have him in an insane asylum, but uh uh, but have him be there for a reason. Have him be there because he wants to, you know, you know, help these lost souls that, for some reason, he th- figures that they have gone on the right path or whatever. But have a a a compelling story reason to make the hospital look like an insane asylum because normal hospitals don't look like that. I don't care if mm. you're in the seventies and the nineties or the eighties, normal hospitals don't look like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So the next scene is when it all fucking starts. It's when it all starts happening. So Mummy's having a party. I think it's like an after party, like they've wrapped filming. That was never said. I'm just fucking assuming because all her film friends were there and the director was there. Everybody was there having a nice little party. And then something very, like, to me, weird happens. The mum starts asking somebody about the priest she saw on her work, walk home the pre- in the previous scene. What? Why? Like, why is she asking about a priest that she's seen one time, never spoken to? Is I mean, obviously she's not Catholic or anything. She doesn't go to church. Like, why is she? To me, it's just to, it's for exposition because the next, like the person she's talking to goes, oh, his name is Damien Karras. He's a psychiatric counselor at the church. So basically she's just asking for the audience to get exposition on who the fuck this guy is that we've been following around for like five scenes. That, But in real life, like she would, why would she be asking about some, why would she be asking about him? She has no reason to. That's extremely lazy. That's really, really extremely lazy. Yeah. And in my version of this movie, you wouldn't need that because they would already, they were, they would have <laughs> already been connected already. <laughs> Yeah, but then the next part, sorry, continue. No, 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 no. That's all I want to say because I feel that the person listening to this episode who is not a screenplay writer is ready to take my head off. So continue. <laughs> um, so n- not the next scene, but the next little bit, we're still at the party. It's mentioned, oh, the, the, the guy that she's asking about, the priest, He's like, oh, his mum just passed away. She was living alone and it took a few days for anyone to find her. Oh, so, okay, wait a minute. The previous scene, we're in the hospital with his mum. And now is this, because there's no fucking title cards and you know how we feel about fucking not putting title cards. So is this like months later? Is this two years later? We don't know the time frame. We just know that we saw his mum. She was fine in the hospital and now she's dead. So that was kind of like, uh, to me, it was a shock. A title card would have helped, and the way that it was written really didn't make any sense. If, if, if they wanted to kill the mother when they first introduced her, when he went into her, uh, you know, uh, decrepit apartment, she could have been on life support. Have her be on life support. Yeah. 
to yeah, to to, to add some basis for later on her being in the hospital, or 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 yeah. or have a hospice nurse be in her apartment the first time you introduce her in the film, mm. right? Mm-hmm. This is what we yeah. call. This is what I call on the podcast laying hats on the ground. And this author slash screenplay writer did nothing of that in this film. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, I know. nothing. I know. So we have a shot of Reagan and she's in bed sleeping peacefully. Um, and then the next scene, and this scene <laughs> has always and forever reminded me of Scary Movie 2. I don't know why. Like, I know why, but I don't know. When I watch Scary Movie 2, it doesn't remind me of The Exorcist, but when I watch The Exorcist, this scene, because this is like the first scene, I think it's Scary Movie 2, this is the first scene of of the movie, and it's pretty much an exact replica. Uh, they're all singing joyfully around the piano, and then Reagan comes downstairs, or in Scary two, Movie 2, it's Natasha Leon, and, you know, she's peeing and stuff. Anyway, it's funny. It's a funny scene, not for you, because you, you're not a scary movie person, but for the scary movie people out there, um, it's a funny scene. Anyway, back to it. So Reagan comes downstairs um, and just in front of everybody, pees. She just stands there and pees. And so you're like, what? Like this is so like kind of out of character for her. And so you're like, okay, something, something's going on. So the mum takes her upstairs and puts her in the bath and she's like, what's going on? And Reagan's like, I don't know. Like I don't know what's wrong. Um, and then the mum goes downstairs a little bit later, puts her to bed, and then he's yelling from Reagan and runs up the stairs and the bed is like full on shaking. Like not like a little bit shaking, like like the bed is like on steroids fucking shaking. And you're just like, I, I can't imagine sitting in the audience when The Exorcist was released in 1973 watching this. Because this is the first time anybody had ever seen anything like that. I mean, you'd had, you've, I think you'd already had movies like, Maybe like Texas Chainsaw and like slasher movies. I don't know when Texas Chainsaw came out, but nothing like this. So, to me, watching it, I, I'm I was like, oh yeah, that's like small fry. But in 1973, that would have that would have given people like fucking nightmares. Like they would have gone home from the cinema and like walked into their bedroom and went, Mm-mm, sleeping on the couch tonight. Like they, it just would have happened. So that scene was full on because Linda Blair who plays Reagan is such an amazing even at that age she was amazing because you could tell she was fucking scared but um what are your thoughts on that scene the the practical effects in this movie with the bed shaking with with what they do with Reagan later on is really really fantastic and the other thing that that would have made this film really really unsettling in 1973 for the audience who watched it is the fact that this the the Linda Blair her character is what like four, 14 14 she's a little girl and in 1973 you didn't have horror movies focused around children and yeah. with the with the voice that they give you know uh, Reagan later on in the movie and the and the naughty disturbing things that she says and her gyrations and all the other shit that's all fantastic stuff but I feel that all that stuff would have been so much better if the person who wrote this film just knew how to properly structure the film so all these beats would have hit a hundred times 
more than they did. Yeah. No, it's true. I agree. I agree with that. So moving on, the next scene. <laughs> these the, the the next two scenes are just like are funny. They're not supposed to be funny, but it's funny from like from a 2022 perspective, it's funny. But in 1973, it would have been totally fucking normal. So Reagan goes that the, her mum takes her to the doctor, and the doctor's trying to give her like an injection, probably sedation, and she's screaming, "You you know you're a fucking bastard," and it's like, oh what? Like, this sweet little girl is now swearing at doctors. Like, it just seems so out of character. Anyway, so after that, you know, the mum walks out in the hallway and the doctor walks out after her and the doctor starts talking to the mum and he lights a cigarette. A doctor lights a cigarette in a hospital and it's just casually talking to the mum, smoking. And I'm like, like, like I said, in 1973, totally normal. But in 2022, it's like... That's not, mm. <laughs> wouldn't that be, listen, just picture it. You're at the hospital and your doctor comes out and he's fucking smoking a cigarette. <laughs> would you, what would you do? Would you be like, what? Or would you be like totally cool with it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> but you have to understand, like Dean said, when, when we're watching this movie, we have to put our we have to put our minds into the mindset when this movie was filmed in 1973. The public perception about smoking wasn't is wasn't what it is today. So looking at this film in a context in, in a in a context of today with the doctor smoking doesn't make sense. But ba- but back then it would be completely normal. The other thing that really really pissed me off is that the the procedures that they put Regan through in a couple scenes here really oh, yeah. really annoy mm. the shit out of me if you mm. want if you want to give a child a shot why the fuck didn't they sedate her first and then give her the fucking mm. shot but that's what they were doing with the needle because she was thrashing around they were giving her the needle that was the sedation okay but another thing another thing they could have tied her down. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a bit barbaric, but yeah, you could. I mean, how, what we what with? It's a hospital. You know, it's not like they have ropes and shit. Mm. No. I get what you're saying. I totally, I totally agree with what you're saying. But um, yeah. But the next scene is even more weird. Now, you tell me if you've ever heard of this. So. I don't. I, so when the scene started, I was like, "What is she actually like in for?" Um, and then I realized they're doing an MRI and I was like, okay, so the machine is like obviously totally different to the MRIs I've got today. Same loudness, but it's like totally different. I'm like, okay, what is with the needle in the neck? What does that have to do with an MRI? And what is with the no anesthetic? It's like they, they put a, a big ass needle in her neck and they're like, oh, just stay still. And when he puts it in, oh my God, is this his first day on the job? There's like blood splurting everywhere. That Look, even in 1973, that does not happen. But please tell me why you need a big-ass needle in the neck to have an MRI. You don't need that. That was that was completely useless. I at first I was like, wait a minute, are they are they drawing her? Are they trying to draw spinal fluid? Because the needle that he uses is a needle that you would use to to pierce. You know, you know, the, you know, it's pretty big the edge of the spine. And I'm like, if they were doing a spinal tap, they would turn her over. But then I'm like, 
they're doing a they're doing an MRI slash X ray, and I'm like, why the fuck are they doing this? The other thing that's unnecessary <sighs> is you see the fucking pulse. You, you you see where they put the um the uh the the uh the the patches to monitor her pulse where they put them yeah are nowhere near her heart. Yeah. So I'm like, why yeah. are you putting this shit on her shoulders? That's not going to do anything. Absolutely nothing. And again, like you said, yeah. There's no reason for her to be awake during this procedure. Absolutely none. But why do they need heart monitors when they're doing an MRI? What does that What does that have to do with ha- do, having an MRI at all? Nothing. It doesn't make sense. No, nothing. So that that was kind of like, did they put that in? Just I don't. Maybe look. Maybe in 1973, in the 1970s, that's how they did it. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not a fucking doctor. Maybe they did. But, like, nowadays it's like, why are you taking blood? Why is there a needle in the neck? And why are you putting, like, heart monitor on her to scan her brain? Because it was an MRI. So, like, what? why? I, I don't know. It didn't make I, – I don't know. I feel like they should have consulted, like, medical professionals with that one. But um, anyway, moving on. Reagan's at home and she – she looks as if she's having like convulsions on her bed. She's kind of going up and down and up and down and it looks painful. Like it, it looks like, like my back started hurting when I fucking watched that. I was like, Oh my God. It's just rapidly like going up and down, up and down, up and down. And then her eyes turn completely white and you're like, okay. Okay. Imagine sitting in the cinema watching this shit. Like I would be fucking terror. I would be hiding behind the seat. I would be so fucking scared. She then sits up and looks at her mum. And I look, there are a couple scenes in this movie that's just so fucking cringe that I'm this look, when this movie came out, it was banned in a lot of fucking places. And fucking rightly so, because it's full on. So she looks at her mum and the other fucking people in there, and she's like, fuck me, fuck me. And I'm like, oh my god, like it's she's 40, like, I don't know, it's so gross. It's gross. I mean, it's fucking gross. <laughs> so the doctors inject her, they sedate her. Um I mean, it's full on. That's, I mean, there's more scenes coming up that's more full on, but I just, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot to see a 14-year-old girl do that, especially especially because I think that she was, like, 14 or 15 when she filmed it. Like, that's, that's I don't know. I It was uncomfortable to watch that scene. Yeah. Um, look, look, I, I am... Uh, you know, before I have, uh, before I had a friend introduce me to good horror, I really love it when young actors say naughty, naughty things. Um, but for this movie, I'm like, I kept thinking this would have been so much better if, if Regan's mom had the two priests there from the start and have have Reagan say this thing to the two priests instead of the two doctors, because the two doctors that keep sedating Reagan in this movie, they, first of all, they run several scans on Reagan and they find nothing. So I feel that Reagan's mother waited too fucking long. She would, they wasted so much time with the fucking doctors in this movie trying to figure out mm. if there was an actual mm-hmm. medical reasoning for the way mm-hmm. Reagan was acting. And I'm like, mm-hmm. guys, can we just get to the priest here? Yeah. Like I, like, I mean, listen, they kept, they kept telling her 
It's all in Reagan's head. Uh, no, but it's the, all in her head. No, but the thing is, Fuck. no, but the thing is, that doesn't make sense because how could it be in her mm. head if there's nothing on the scans that they keep taking? So how can they say that if they have no? Because it's her imagination. Yeah. That's the the term. Imagination. Well, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That like she's shaking the bed by the force of her fucking like she's using the force from Star Wars to shake her fucking bed. That, is that what's going on? That is bullshit, and that's lazy writing. That's bullshit. So lazy. I know. I know. So they do more tests because they still don't know. So we're still with the fucking doctors. And I agree with you. They spent so much time with the fucking doctors um, and they still can't find anything. Um, and then, and then this is so ludicrous. The doctor can't find anything. And when, when doctors can't find what's wrong with you, they start acting stupid. And they start saying things that are so absurd and ludicrous. So he's like, I, I don't know. We've done every test. I don't know what's wrong with it. Are there any drugs in the house? <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? Like, oh, yeah, totally. Uh, like, oh, my God. I just thought that was so sh-. And the mum's face was like basically mimicked what I felt. He was, she was looking at him like, are you fucking serious? Like, she's like, no, there's no drugs. Like, I just, oh my God, it was just so fucking stupid. Are there any drugs? So it's around this time that the mum gets told that her director has died. Now, we only saw the director like once in the beginning when she was arguing with him about why do I have to do this fucking scene and another time at the party, but he's not an established character. So we don't care. He's just dead. Like, if you didn't know who he was, then you you wouldn't know. You're like, who's the director again? Which is what I did. I was like, who's the director? <laughs> Why did he? Okay, cool. Like, yeah, I didn't. Did you remember who he was? And did you give a shit when they're like, oh, he died? No, I didn't care. Like, if 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 you wanted to do that, you could have done that by, first of all, using my version of this movie where all the characters are connected and have the person who dies be a member of their parish. Be a, have the have the person who dies be a confidant to Regan's mom in my version of the film. So when it happens, mm. it hits with us because we know who she is mm. and we've seen her before. Yes. No, I agree. So the mom doesn't know what to do. So she's gone. They've done all the tests. There's physically nothing wrong with her. And so she turns to a psychiatrist. So the psychiatrist comes in and he has a session with Reagan and he says to her, like, is there someone inside you? And she's like, well, sometimes. And then he asks whoever it is to come forth. And then Reagan's face changes. And the way Linda Blair does it is just like, God, she's such a good actress. Even at that age, she's so good. Like you can tell she doesn't, it's just a subtle change in her face where you go, okay, that's not her anymore. That's like someone else. It's just the acting's phenomenal from her. So her face changes and then she grabs the psychiatrist like crutch and growls at him and then he's like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, look, if I was the mom of Reagan, like I wouldn't know what to do. I would be like at my wit's end. The last thing not being like if I was her, not being me, but if I was her, the last thing I would do is think, oh, she's possessed by a demon. I would literally go through all the channels first, doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists. I would do all of that. And then maybe I would go, maybe I would go to the church, but everything she's doing is right. And it, it is what somebody like a normal person would do. Agree or disagree? I agree. But do you realize if, if, if the writer of this film would have connected Regan's mom to the church and made her work in the church, all of 
all of this shit, all all the crap that she goes through in later scenes in the movie would have hit so much harder and her Catholic guilt would have hit mm. like a ton of bricks and yeah. and having the priest, having the two priests there would have made much more sense, which would have taken care of that yeah. problem. Like, mm-hmm. like there in, in another universe somewhere, there is, there is a version of this movie not written by me that plays so much better. Um, okay. So moving on. The next scene. Now, the next scene is, I don't know if the next scene annoyed me or if it was just unnecessary. You tell me once I finish explaining it because I'm just really confused as to what this, this is so pointless. So we meet a homicide detective, which we've never seen before. And he visits Father Damien Karras. And he asks, randomly, and he asks him if he's heard of the death of this random director. And he's like, well, I've read about it. Like, I didn't know him or anything. And then he tells him he fell down the stairs. But what wasn't in the paper was that his head was turned all the way around. And then he starts asking him about, like, witchcraft and if he knows anyone who dabbles or if he's, like, the you know, he's the resident um, psychiatrist. And then Damien basically tells him to F off in a very, very nice priest way. Um, Because he says even if he knew, like he couldn't tell patient, doctor, confidentiality. What I wanted to say about this scene, why would a homicide detective go to a random priest that has nothing to do with anything? He has no connections to anything. Please explain. That doesn't make any sense at all. At all. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted... (laughs) If you wanted to do that, you could have introduced the police officer earlier. You could have linked all of these characters together and have them mm. go through the movie together. And it would yeah. have worked so I mean it, it would have worked yeah, so much I agree. It would have worked so much better. But the but I know. again, again, this this author slash screenplay writer when he wrote this, I don't know if he considered how these scenes connect to one another from scene to mm. scene because you can't do this. Yeah. Every yeah. every scene that you have, every scene that you write as a screenplay writer has to curtail into the next one. And by the end of the yeah. script, you should have some semblance of a cohesive story that makes some sort of sense in the world that you created. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, it's frustrating because, you know, the homicide detective is like, oh, his head was turned all the way. Why would he give up information to someone that has nothing to do? It just doesn't make sense. Like it, the whole thing, like, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, I, I don't, I don't even fucking know. Anyway, the, the next scene is we're back at the doctor's office. She's gone back to the fucking doctor's, right? Which, okay, I get. I get it. She doesn't know what to do. She does it at her wit's end. And the doctor basically tells her mom, she's fucking crazy. <laughs> Another thing that doctors say when they can't work shit out, she's fucking crazy. Drugs? Not, not drugs. She's fucking crazy. Um, and the mom is clearly frustrated. And this is... This, what the doctor says next is very fucking strange and very out of character for a doctor. The doctor goes, oh, have you ever heard of an exorcism? Why would a a doctor bring that up? But then he says, 
it's a tool to make Regan believe whoever is inside her, um, they can get rid of her, which I understand. But a doctor would never, no doctor would ever bring up, hey, have you heard of an exorcist? No, it's not, it, it's not a fucking thing. So I thought that, that was quite weird. You could have forgot for you could have finally let go of the goddamn doctors, just throw them out to the throw them out to pasture. And if you wanted to do that, have Regan's mom be connected to the two priests and have her be an ultra religious person, right? And have her believe in the power of God and have her come to the conclusion after everything that happens the only per the only two people that can help my daughter get over this is the the old guy and the young guy have her come to that conclusion by herself because like you said having the doctor say that makes no sense at all because it it just doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense at all why would he say that what you know why because because it was, as you always say, writer's convenience because we had to get that exorcism in there and she they hadn't set up her character to actually go and find a priest. So it had to be mentioned to her. So somebody had to mention it. So why not a doctor? Which is like, why why a fucking doc anybody else but a fucking doctor? Why not? So that's why he mentioned it. Why not why not the psychiatrist? Oh. No, that's true. That would it would have been palatable if the psychi psychiatrist mentioned that. I don't know. But anyway, the next scene is another scene we kind of didn't need because there's a lot of shit going on. The detective is standing at the bottom of the stairs where the 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 director died, and he finds like a stone carving which we don't know what it is now look the director's death is interesting it doesn't need to be in there it doesn't tie into anything nothing comes to fruition it was it was a stupid 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 sh i don't know i didn't like it no and you know you you know you know instead of that you could have had the younger priest studying under the older priest and you could have you could have had his story be that the reason that he went to Iraq at the beginning of the movie is to is to is to sort of confirm to the older priest that he was committed uh, uh, um, uh, 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 that he was committed to becoming a priest and you could have had the younger priest investigating the death of this church goer in my version of the script and you could have had mm. the younger priest be interested in exorcisms because the older mm, priest mm -hmm. is the only priest in the, in, in the Catholic church that believes in that. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. and, and that's why in my version of the script, uh, Regan's mother comes to the, comes to both of them in the first place, because she knows that the only priest that could help her, the only priest that could help her at this point is the older priest. Yes. Ta -da! Ta-da! We've rewritten the script. Or you have. I haven't. Oh. So the next scene is even more annoying because the detective is now at the house talking to the mum. Why he's at the house talking to the mum is fucking beyond me. But he says, um, oh, did you know that the director was, the, the dead bo the body of the director was found beneath Reagan's window? Why? We didn't know that. Why was that? That's like a shock. I'm like, oh, was that not said? Like, was that? not a anyway and i'm like oh was he 
And he's like, oh, with his head turned all the way around. Like, why would he even say that, like, to the mum? And then he's like, oh, um, you know, someone pushed him from, from inside Reagan's room. There's no evidence of this. There's no evidence, <laughs> right? Because there's a, there's a staircase, there's a massive staircase, right? So in the papers, they're like, oh, he fell down the stairs and he broke his neck, which is plausible. He just, he happened to land below Reagan's window. But now this detective is like somebody pushed him from inside. It's like, how, how, what, <laughs> where are you? Like, it's so absurd for him to think, I mean, yes, that's kind of what happened, but there's no evidence. Why would he even think that that happened? Oh, his head turned all the way around. So he must've been like, what? Like this, I don't. I don't know. It annoyed me because he's like, and the mum is kind of like, what? And he's like, oh, was was the director at the house? Was he in her room? And like, n- he wasn't because we didn't see it. If we didn't see it, it didn't fucking happen. And so she's like, no, like, why would he be? He wasn't there. So where is, there's no evidence of him being in the house. So what, I don't know. Look, I like this movie, but like I said in the beginning, there's so many fucking plot holes. Like, I don't understand. There's no evidence. He's just, like, accusing a 14-year-old girl of, like, pushing this guy, turning his head all the way around, and, like, boom, that's it. Case solved. If you want to do that, guys, if you want to infer anything, you have to drop hats on the ground so when our characters discover these things, they make logical sense from a script standpoint and to us. You have to do that to make to make the characters' arguments even plausible. They may not make sense, but they have to be somewhat plausible. And you can't make these giant leaps without any physical evidence at all. You can't do that. You just can't. Mm. Well, you can because they did. <laughs> But, but you I, I know. But yes, I, you can't do I, that. I know you can, but that is say it together with me, lazy writing. Oh, it's totally lazy writing. Like people can do it, and they do do it, but they should not do it because yeah, it's totally lazy writing. So then, that we hear a loud crash upstairs, and the mum rushes into Reagan's room, and this is the other scene where I was like, and I. Again, if I'm sitting in the cinema watching this in 1973, I would have maybe puked or like just like totally walked out. So the mum rushes into Reagan's room and finds her masturbating and not in the fun way with a crucifix and there's fucking blood everywhere and it's fucking... And again, she's 14 years old, like which makes it even more fucking cringe. And then that that's not even the fucking worst part. She starts saying, oh, Jesus fucks me, Jesus fucks me. And I'm like, oh, this is just like, I just, I, I, I almost couldn't look because it's just so fucking disgusting. And then they just fucking take it to another level. And she, she grabs her mom's head and puts it between her legs and starts yelling, lick me, lick me. And I'm just <laughs> like, I'm fucking, I'm out. Like, I'm fucking out. Like, I just, that, that, oh my God. It's so... I mean, it's traumatizing, really. It's just so, like, if there's anything, I don't know if I've ever seen something more disgusting. I mean, look, chopping off limbs, chopping off heads, whatever. But that, it's just fucking, like, like it makes me feel actually, actually sick. Um, and then that's when her head turns, like, right around, which is kind of, which is pretty cool. 
Um, and then she says, do you know what your daughter did? Uh, and the whole scene is just fucked up. And we don't know what her daughter did, by the way. That's never brought up again. Fun. <laughs> so your thoughts on that scene? Okay, first, I just want to acknowledge I'm not a pervert. Okay, I'm not. Okay, I just want to say that up front. But this scene mm. was... you. I know, perverts always say that before they say something very, very pedophile-like. Don't step into the pedophile landmines, please. This scene was very, very disturbing and very, very... And very, very cringeworthy. Like, I really had a problem watching it. But with that being said, it was cool, but disturbing mm, to, to mm. the nines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think I think what they were hinting at is a possibility that Reagan, for some reason, unbeknownst to us, killed a director for some fucked up reason. Yeah, we never know. How? Why? I don't know. But that scene... Really didn't need to be there, but I think in nine in in 1977, they just wanted to shock the shit out of the audience and having a 14 year old girl bleed after mm. masturbating with a crucible and then uh. asking her asking her mother to do, you know, to basically go down on her is like, why you don't have to do that? That's like I'll take that out. You don't like like why you don't have to do this. You could. You could have conveyed how fucked up how fucked up Reagan was in a more sad in a more classy fucked up way. You didn't have to go where they went. But at this point, yeah. But at this point, yeah, it it was just unnecessary and it it was too much. It was it was way shock too value. Much. It was for shock value. Um and yeah, it was a bit yeah, it was over the top. Like it was really, really over the top, and something that I don't, I didn't particularly enjoy that scene at all. Yeah, okay. Oh, look, was it cool? Maybe, um, but it's just gross. I mean, it's just fucking gross. So anyway, after that scene, the mum. So okay, this is another issue that I have. The mum visits Father Karras, asking for his help. Like, how does did she get his number? How does she know him? Does she does like I don't. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no setup scene for that at all. <laughs> No setup, really. You know what? How <laughs> shocking in this film. <laughs> I feel that this movie should have like a have like a a, a label on it. This movie's cool, <laughs> but this movie has no logic and no setup. So if you go in that, no yeah. So so if you go in understanding that, I think you will enjoy this movie much more than I did or you did. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so she's asking him for help. She's begging him. She's asking for an exorcism. And then he says, like, he needs the church, church's approval. Like, it takes months. He has to gather evidence. Like, he can't just do it. And then she's just basically crying, saying, can you just see her? Can you just look at her, spend some time with her, and just tell me, you know, if if that's what it is because, like, I'm at my wit's end. That, so that yeah. That would have worked if the older priest – had some basis in him believing in exorcisms. Mm. Mm-hmm. It, it's something small, yeah, but agree. but you could have at least put that in to this to yes. this version of the movie to give that you could have put a lot of shit in. Yeah, to give that <laughs> some weight. And also, yeah, oh, and yeah. also, you could have like like I said before, you could have had the older priest and the younger priest run the game together. 
run the whole game together. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. So the next scene, um, Father Karras goes to see Regan and she's strapped to the bed and her face is all like fucked up. Like, honestly, like if a doctor saw her and they said, mm, must be in her head, her face is fucked up, right? It's it's not even a fucking little girl's face anymore. And so, I have a question. You know, I have a question. the demon. I have a question. I'm sorry. Yeah. But Go. No, uh, I, I can't remember, but uh, uh, before this scene, do we have that iconic image of the old priest walking up to the house, or is that just something that they did for. No, that's later. Okay, that's later. That's later. Okay, okay, okay. That's later. Um, so he's there and, you know, she's all fucked up. So the demon says in like a demonic voice, um, oh, your mother's here with me. And Father Karras is, he's not stupid. Like he's smart. And he goes, oh, she's, she's there with, with you. Is she? Okay. So what's her maiden name? And Reagan or whoever the fuck the demon is, because it's never spelled out who the fuck the demon is. Another fucking plot hole. Um, you know, starts spitting pea soup. Ah. Oh, 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 it's, it's vomit. It's not pea soup. It's vomit. Starts vomiting all over his face, basically saying, uh, I don't know, I'm backed into a corner. Here's some fucking pea soup. <laughs> which is like, which is one of the iconic scenes. That was cool. Yeah, really that was cool. cool. Um, yeah, 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 that was cool. Yeah, I just wanted to say that was cool, but onward we go. Okay, so Father Karras uh, comes back the following day. I don't know why he would come back, but he came back. Comes back the following day and sets up like a recorder. And I find I, f- I found this line of dialogue by Reagan so funny because when he walks in, he starts recording. She's like, oh, what a wonderful day for an exorcism. <laughs> like, That's quite funny. That's quite funny. Uh, so he starts spraying holy water o- over her and she's like, it burns, it burns. And she's like thrashing around. She's still strapped to the bed. So the next scene after that is Father Father Karras is talking to the mom downstairs and he said he told Reagan he was spraying holy water on her and she said it was burning, but it was only tap water. And so it's like, hmm, okay, so is the demon fucking around with him? Is there an actual demon? Like that was never actually, that whole thing was never answered at all. So I don't, I feel, I felt like that could have been like a thing, but it was never, it, it wasn't. So the, uh, the scene after that, following on, uh, Father Karras takes his recordings to another priest and he's like, I can't, like, what language is it? Because when you listen to it in the movie, it just, it sounds like a language, but you're not, it's maybe it's old Sumerian, um, I don't know, Arabic, ancient Arabic. I, I don't know. It's something like that. And so, and this is what I thought was really cool. The priest says, no, it's, it's English. It's just English in reverse. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And so the priest, he starts playing the tape backwards and it is. And so words start to form and I'm like, oh, that's out of the whole movie. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. English in reverse. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that before, but I thought that that was like the coolest bit. That was really cool. That was, that was, that was the one moment of the script where i get where where i had to hand it to the author slash screenplay writer of this film i was like okay for the for the most part your head has been bye-bye this whole film but i will give it to you there that was cool yeah i love that so moving on we father Karras gets called back to the house and he's the mother's kind of like uh you know brings him up to the bedroom and 
He's shown Reagan's stomach and the words help me start to reveal themselves from like under her skin. And it's kind of like at that point you're like, okay, Reagan is actually like kind of still in there, but like how do we kind of get her out? So I like that scene. It showed that she wasn't completely gone and there was a point, which most of these scenes don't have a point, but that actually had a point. So that was good. So moving on, we um, – we go to the church. We see the ch- he goes to the church. We go to the church, or he goes, or we go. Somebody goes to the church, asking for permission for an exorcism. Um, but Father, but the the priests are, are talking, and they're like, "Yeah, well, Father Karras isn't experienced in exorcism, so we have to get another priest to do it." And so they ask Father Marin. Father Marin, the archaeologist in the beginning that found the demon, and the one he was talking to at the bar, he's there. He should have been fucking set up way before this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Yeah. uh, Just, 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 just going because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about logic anymore with this. Keep going. (laughs) Are you sure? Because I feel like what you're about to say is going to be funny. Uh. No, keep going. It wasn't funny. I was, I was okay. just going to say something. I I was just it pissed me off. But I don't want I don't want to belabor the point anymore. Keep going. I know it annoyed me too. Don't worry, I get you. Uh, so the next scene is the iconic the iconic shot of Father Marin getting out of the taxi, standing outside the residence. It's all foggy. Uh, it's got the street light, and he kind of walks into the fog. So that's the iconic scene from the movie which actually looks quite fucking good um and we also see we also see flashes of reagan's eyes as if she knows something's about to go down so out of the whole movie was that your favorite shot absolutely that that, you know i was you know besides me being tremendous besides me being tremendously disappointed in the way that this film is structured that was my holy grail. I was like, if I can just make it until that shot. I was waiting for it to happen. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was yeah. waiting for it to happen. And when it did, I was tremendously pleased. Yes, it was a great shot. So the next scene is the exorcism scene. Um, there's a lot going on in this scene. Um, Father Father Marin is re- reading from the, from the Bible, as with all exorcisms. The bed begins to levitate starts thrashing around, um, Reagan starts sort of thrashing around. Then she starts talking to Father Karras saying, your mum sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not nice. So uh, she starts spitting that green shit again, the pea soup all over them. Um, then she starts like, you know, doors start banging, open and closing. The drawers start open, like everything just f- starts fucking going haywire. Um and this is when, again, her head spins like right, slowly right around. And then she actually, I really like this shot. When she begins to levitate, there's a shot from above. And it's a really, really cool shot. Like there's shots from the side, but the shot from above, it looks like she's levitating like into the heavens. It's, I don't know. It's really, really cool. Um, and then everything, okay, this makes no fucking sense. Everything goes dark. And then Father Marin sees the stone winged demon that he saw in Iraq like next to Reagan and he's kind of shocked he's like oh my god and then the scene kind of goes back to where it was but like why like that has nothing to do with anything 
It could, Please explain. Actually, actually, that has nothing to do with anything. But in my version of the script, it would have had everything to do with everything. Because Reggie... Reggae- <laughs> <laughs> oh, right you are. Right you are. Yes, yes. Seeing, seeing, Re- seeing Reagan levitate and seeing the shot from above was cool. Okay, cool. So we'll just move on from that. <laughs> We'll just move on from that scene. So anyway, that's the exorcism scene. There's a lot of shit going on. And then Father Karras kind of fucking, I got to take a fucking break. He goes downstairs, takes a break. Um, Father Marin stays in the room. He goes into the bathroom and takes one of his little pills. We still don't know what the pills are for and we never do. Plot hole. So he gets, then he gets, goes back, gets, gets back to it. And it goes quiet upstairs. So Karras Father Karras goes to investigate and finds Father Marin kind of face down on the bed. Reagan is sitting in the corner, kind of giggling. And then Karras tries to resuscitate Marin, but like he's obviously fucking died. We don't, that's the thing. We don't know how he died. Like we don't, is that, do we know how he died? You know, I, I, you know, I (laughs) gather to believe that, you know, the demon who is inhabiting Reagan did something to him, but yeah. We should have seen yeah, it. Yeah, we should have seen it. We should have seen mm-hmm. it. So anyway, moving on. We're nearly at the end, folks. We're nearly at the fucking end. So Karis, uh, Father Karras pulls Reagan and basically thrusts her onto the floor and starts hitting her and saying, you know, take me, take me to the demon. Take me, take me. And then the demon kind of jumps to, to Father Karras's body and you see you see that happening his eyes kind of change and his face changes and then you can see he's got in he's he's internally struggling with like this is an inside soul battle you can see that he's struggling and then he leaps out of the window killing himself because he realizes that's the only way that this is going to end and not jump to somebody else's body is if he kind of kills himself which is sad because i i liked him he was good and then reagan is released from the demon and she's like normal looking again and then you know the next scene is kind of the last scene where they move out of the house and reagan doesn't remember anything and that's kind of the end of the movie yeah um (laughs) okay the ending was cool it was fine uh but um yeah it was fine and good. Do you want to move on to your trivia? I get the feeling you're done. <laughs> Are you done? Yep. You want to move on? Are you fucking spent? <laughs> Are you emotionally and mentally and spiritually and physically fucking done? I can feel it. So now we're at my favorite part, which is the trivia. So the pea soup um, thing, scene. So the, the, the vomit, the pea soup, was actually supposed to hit Father Karras in the chest, but it misfired and hit him in the face. So his look of disgust is actually genuine, and they didn't do any more takes. The director was like, that's it, we got it, but the, the actor that played Father Karras was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it, I mean, it looks good, but, like, yeah, that look in his face was, like, genuine. He was like, well, what the fuck? Um, so, um, and this is the next one. Sorry. No, actually, it. but isn't there, like, a scene in this movie where – Regan like does something fucked up with her tongue or was I just checked out at that point where Look, was- the the um yeah, she 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 poked her, she poked her tongue out and kind of moved it around. It's like a demon tongue. I don't know if that's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 that's when I'm, I I probably at that point I was probably checked out. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, and this is kind of a sad trivia. Well, not that sad, but it's kind of annoying. Warner Brothers um, actually had to have bodyguards protecting Linda Blair for six months after the movie released because religious, like nutbags, took the film a bit too literal. Wow. Yeah, isn't that sad? 14, 15 year old. Yeah, like, that is, that's. That is real. That's how. That's. That's what happens when you release a movie. Like th- people thought that that was real. See, that's the problem. Like if you like, like if you release an, like if you release a movie like this now, I think now mm. as a as a society we are more enlightened to realize that a movie is a movie and it's not real. But that is just really mm. unfortunate that Linda Blair, who who did an amazing job in this movie that needed a lot of help. She did an amazing job. She was actually mm-hmm. my favorite part of the film. Oh yeah. But the fact that she had to put up with that bullshit from religious groups who took mm-hmm. this movie too seriously, that was that that, yeah. that that was just unfortunate. Yeah, it was. So next trivia. <laughs> um Jack Nicholson was up for the role of Father Karras. Huh. Jack Nixon. <laughs> but the director said no because they didn't think that he would be believable as a priest. <laughs> Which is kind of true. Yeah, kind of true. Uh, so this next piece of trivia should have been in the movie, but it wasn't. The demon that possesses Regan is actually called Pazuzu. Huh? Wasn't in the movie. Should have been. Yep. The demon has a name. Oh, it's you know it's you know it's almost like it's almost like that Pee Wee Herman. Uh, it's almost like Pee Wee Herman in the in the very first film that we talked about, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like we never knew his yeah. name. We never knew his name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So the dig the dig site at the beginning is an actual ancient dig site located in Hatra, Iraq. So that's a real dig site. That is cool. Which is kind of cool. That is cool. The film, you're going to die at this. The film took 224 days to shoot. <laughs> just wait, this, just the American scenes, not the Iraq scenes. 224 days. <laughs> like, what the fuck are they doing that it takes that long? <laughs> Honestly. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Okay, Jamie Lee Curtis was wanted... To audition, wanted that they wanted Jamie Lee Curtis to audition for the role of Reagan, but her mom, Jennifer, Janet Lee, was basically like, "No fucking way." Ah, good on Janet Lee. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to us, for tolerating us. We hope you come back next week. And if you want to send us questions, comments, or anything, you can email us at themixtapepod at aol.com. You can follow us on our social media, which is on our YouTube channel. We have Spotify, we have Apple, we're on all podcasts. Any podcast you can think of, we're on it. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you learned something. And remember, if someone is kind enough to make you a mixtape, that must mean that they really love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.